Revelation chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Pay particular think, uh, attention to the first phrase in the first verse. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and sanctified it by his angel to his servant John, who by record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Now here's you a promise. Say, preacher, that revelation steps over my head. Well, listen to this. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before the throne, before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. I'll never preach all that out. I want to go back to verse 1. And it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. You want to know what the book of Revelations is about? And there were men that would charge you. And they'd take scriptures here, there, and everywhere. And use carnal knowledge to try to explain to you revelations. It's not that difficult, folks. This tells you what the book of Revelation and what the whole book is all about. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. It's about him. And it's all about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about Benny Hinn or Billy Graham or President Trump or, or Joe Biden. It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ and nothing else. So you pray for a few minutes. I'd really like to get to the Lord. I'd like for him to help me. And I'd like to say something. If you're here and you're lost, that would cause you to fall on your knees and ask Jesus. I'd like for Jesus to be revealed to you this morning. Amen. If you're lost and undone, I'd like for Jesus to be revealed to you. Because we're not gathering here for social cause. We're not gathering here to say hi or to... Or to do better in life or to uh, build our bank accounts or anything like that. We're here to reveal Jesus Christ. We're here to let sinners see that they need salvation. And so the revelation of Jesus Christ, you pray earnestly for me for just a little while that I could get myself out of the way and let Jesus shine. So we read over in Genesis where God... <clears throat> where the earth was void and full of darkness. And then God said, let there be light. And what happened? God said it, and it happened. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And we read where he made a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. And science says, well, that greater light must have been the sun. Yes, it was except it's spelled S-O-N instead of S-U-N. 
a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. Well, that lesser light must have been the moon. Let me let you in on a little secret. He said, I am the light of the world, but I go away. Now, who said that? Jesus, Jesus did, didn't he? The revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, but I go away, and ye are the light of the world. A city which is set on a hill cannot be hid. Do you want to know what that lesser light is? You're it. You're it. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You are the lesser light. Let's go on. The Bible says that he created the heavens and the earth. He spoke the fowl, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, the beast of the field into existence. And he looked at it and he said it was good. And then out of everything that he created, the only thing he ever took time to put his hand on, he took a handful of dust. This is where you and I come in. And that's all we are. I can't ex express myself to be anything more than just a handful of dust. I'm worthless and I'm a nobody. But God put his hand on me. A handful of dust. A handful of nothing, worthlessness that you ladies would sweep up or suck up in the vacuum. That's all humanity is, is a handful of dust. And God took that handful of worthless dust and he created it in his, in his image, in his likeness. He looked over and he said what? Let us make man. Who was he talking to? That's the one that's supposed to be revealed. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I read you in the scripture. He said, I am Alpha. If you study the Greek alphabet, Alpha is the first letter in the alphabet. And Omega, the last letter, the beginning and the end. He was there when that worthless handful of dust was made into man. When God said, let us make man. He had full intentions of Jesus Christ being revealed. Let us make man in our image. Not just God's, in our image and in our likeness. Now man is man, isn't he? We know what Adam did. Adam sinned and come short, didn't he? It's in our nature. And I'm sure if you follow me around, you'd see me sin and come short of the glory of God. We've got a jailhouse full up in Cock County of men that have done evil deeds. In the penitentiary, it's sitting full of men, murderers, thieves, rapists, you name it. But as vile as man can get, Somewhere way down on the inside, there's something that's related to the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something that's related to the image of God. So pray on for a few minutes. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's go on down in the scripture. Let's go down to a time where Israel had disobeyed the Lord and, and he had allowed Babylon to come in and to take the best and the brightest children that had the ability in them to stand before the king. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar was down there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and he had an image made in his likeness and he, and he made a decree and said, at what time you hear the music, you come down and you bow and everything will be all right. But there were three little boys, three Hebrew children, and I say little boys, we're all children in God's eyes, three Hebrew children, and the word came back to the king that they were not going to bow. Folks, I'm here to tell you today, this world wants us to bow down. 
They want us to cower. They want us to give in. They want us to give up. They want us to accept the way the world is today. I'm here to tell you today, God is love. And I believe Jesus said the first commandment I give you, that you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is namely this, love your neighbor as yourself. If you've got love down in your heart, that's Jesus being revealed in your life. All right. So he called in his anger. He called these boys up. He said, is it so that you're not going to bow? It's just a few years away. (laughs) It's just a few years away where there'll be a letter come to this church and it'll tell me not to preach on alcoholism. It'll tell me not to preach on homosexuality. It'll tell me not to preach on pedophilia. Folks, it's just a little time away. It'll tell Sunday school teachers that they can't mention that those things are sin, that they're wrong. It's just a little, it, what, you know what they want us to do? They want us to bow down. They want us to give in. They want us to give up. They want us to go along. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego determined that they were not going to bow down. I don't care what political party you're affiliated with. I'm here to tell you that Jesus needs to be revealed in this day and age. I'm here to tell you that the only way, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you, because the Lord's helping me right now. The only way that he can be revealed is through the church of the living God. And the only way we can reveal him is down on our knees, begging him to shine in our lives. You know who Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were friends with, who they were affiliated with? A fellow named Daniel. What do we know about Daniel? We know that Daniel opened his window toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day. And he didn't say, God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our food. I believe he got down and he prayed till he knew he had prayed. You been there? I've been there. Lots of times I go through a form and a fashion. Lots of times I go through a multitude of words. But every once in a while, there's been a few times that I went before the throne and I begged Him with a broken heart to hear my plea. And when I got up off my knees, I knew I had talked to Him and He had talked to me. That's prayer, folks. When you leave, when you get up, feeling better than you did when you got down. Daniel prayed. You pray for me. I want to get through this. I believe Shadrach, the Bible doesn't say, but I believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have been praying. Have you? Because Jesus needs to be revealed in you. Pray on. If you'll just bow, everything will be all right. But they said, if it be so, our God, which we serve, have you depended on him before? Has he been there when you needed him? Has he answered your plea? Do you know what he can do? Do you know he can do it again? Our God, which we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and from your hand, O King. But if not, we're going to go to him. Believe it anyway. And in his rage and his fury, he got the, the mightiest and the strongest of men from Babylon they bound these three men up, the mightiest and the, and the strongest in Babylon, marched them up to the edge of the burning fiery furnace, 
and the flames, the heat alone, destroyed the mightiest of men in Babylon. They fell over dead, and they let Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fall off in to the burning, fiery furnace. And now you think about this. Here's the king of Babylon that sent them in there, the king of Babylon that meant to destroy these men. And God gave him grace to get up to the edge and look off in there. The heat, the flames that was strong enough to kill the mightiest of men, God gave Nebuchadnezzar grace to look off in there. He said, didn't we send three men? It's done killed the best men we've got. I believe he had sent men in there before, don't you? I believe they had burned to a crisp, nothing left. He knew what this thing could do. Did we not send three? He served other gods, but that day he got a revelation. <laughs> he served other gods, but that day he got a revelation. Well, preacher, what are we going to do with these folks that serve Allah? What are we going to do with these folks that serve Muhammad? What are we going to do with these folks that say there is no God? What are we going to do with these folks that don't believe in Jesus? Reveal Jesus to them and see what a difference it can make. This king that served other gods looked off and said, Didn't we send three men in there? For no, I see four, and the four is like unto the Son of God. I want you to notice something, churchgoer. God didn't put the fire out. I want you to notice something, churchgoer. God didn't excuse Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo from the burning, fiery furnace. He didn't say, oh, you big good, you don't have to do that. He sent them right in there and more than that. <laughs> he sent somebody in their weather. What you're going through, you don't have to go through alone. You've got. Is it 80? Though others would be lonely when all their friends are gone, my Lord is ever standing. How about that? Cancer patients. I can't imagine the stress that your family's been under. Just know this, my Lord is ever standing by my side. A heavy yoke upon me is still I press it on because I've had a revelation. Because I've seen Jesus. Because I have my Savior, friend and God. I have somebody with me. Oh, he was revealed. <coughs> you know what the king did? Lord, y'all are awful quiet this morning. You know what the king did? He called for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come up out of the flame. They should have been burned, they should have been dead. They should have been destroyed. But the three he sent to their destruction walked right on up out there. There was only one difference. He sent them in bound and God loosened them. <laughs> he turned them loose. Throw me in the fire. If I've got Jesus, if he's been revealed in my life, he said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, he is our freedom today. And where the Spirit is, you can be free. You, did you know you can have the Spirit in the midst of the furnace? Did you know you can have the Spirit in the middle of your trial? Did you know no man right next door to hell, if you live for the Lord and let it be revealed, he'll walk with you every day. 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Let's move on. The revelation of Jesus Christ. He was revealed to us in the garden. He was revealed to us in the burning fiery furnace. Time would not permit me to cover every place where we've seen him in God's word. And so the angels appeared to the shepherds. They told them about the birth and they glorified God. And suddenly there was with them a heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward all men. And they went down there to the manger and found Mary and Joseph the babe lying in a manger and they laid the best that they had down at the Savior's. Why did they give him the best? Because he had been revealed unto them. Now what have you given him? Have you given him your best? We say we know him. We say he's our savior. We say we're trusting in him. Have we given him our best? If wise men gave Jesus their best, don't you think we should? All right. You all know his story. When he was 12, he went in the temple and prophesied, and they said, no man has ever done this. He's been revealed. Did many miracles, turned the water into wine, made the lame to walk, caused the blind to see, made the dead live again. And they rejected him. Marched him up Calvary's hill after they had beaten him and bruised him. And the blood poured down him. Nailed him to a cross and hung him between the heavens and the earth. You've never seen a man beaten the way our Savior was beaten. You've never seen a man. His mother stood at the foot of the cross. And Marty read some of it this morning. His mother stood at the foot of the cross and her heart was broken. Now you mothers, and we got several here this morning. When you see your child is hurt, when you see your child is not accepted, when you see your child maybe has taken a a tongue lashing from an authority or from a, from a friend or whatever, it not only hurts them, it hurts you. Think about how Mary felt. Over in Luke chapter 2, it said she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now think about how she felt. There was her son bleeding, died, fell between the heavens and the earth. Her having to look up, battered so much. Maybe she had a hard time even recognizing him. And them yelling, crucify him! Oh, and laughing at him! And putting fingers and smote their breasts as if they had done something. And there's his mother before the cross, heartbroken. Oh, that it would be revealed unto them who he really was. And the Bible said he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. And immediately the graves burst open and the saints came forth. And the centurion that was standing there said, surely. You know what happened to the centurion? He had a revelation. Surely this must have been the Son of God. We preached about Thomas not long ago. 
When Thomas saw the nail prints in his hands and thrust his hand in his side where the spear went through, Thomas had a revelation. My Lord and my God. What about you? Have you had a revelation? I've told you my story. Every time I tell it, Satan says, be quiet. Shame on him. About a little Sunday school teacher named Pat Cody that loved me. She gave me chocolate chip cookies and we colored. She opened up the King James Version Bible and she read to me about a man named Jesus. And the preacher got up behind the stand and preached about a man named Jesus and told me that I had to be born again, that I had to be saved. And a little old innocent boy that didn't know as the folks over in Nineveh, his right hand from his left, a little old boy that didn't know nothing had a revelation. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm nobody special. I'm nothing. I'm a handful of dust. What was revealed unto me was that I needed Jesus and I didn't have him. That I was lost and on my way to hell. That I needed a savior. And they offered me one and his name was Jesus. Amen. Their lives were built to me because you know what happened, Johnny? It didn't matter whether it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. When I got to church, Pat Cody was there. She lived it. She not only told it, she lived it. Yeah. If the spirit got high, I see tears rolling down Pat's face. I heard her testify, Marty, about God's saving grace. She lived it every day. She loved everybody. She loved her church. And she lifted up and revealed Jesus to everybody she knew. Oh, that I could do as well as she did. Mine was Pat Cody. I've heard Trish talk about a Sunday school teacher that revealed Jesus to her. Somebody in your life revealed Jesus to you or you'd still be lost on your way to hell this morning. Are you revealing Jesus in your life? Are you? Every time we get in our car, on Sunday morning around 9.30 and we head over to the little church, we're revealing Jesus. We're saying he's important in our lives. No matter what's going on, I will follow Jesus. Sunday night, I may be tired, but at 5, 5.30, I want to get in my car I'm going to come over to the church. I'm going to do exactly what the Lord tells me to do. And I'm going to worship and follow Jesus. I want, him, I want people to know that he's precious to me. I want people to know he's my Savior. I want people to know what he did for me when I was lost and undone. I want people to know about the peace that he spoke to my heart. I want people to know about the love that he gives me that makes me love everybody. I want people to know about the strength and the grace and the mercy that he's given this old boy. I want the Lord revealed in my life. Because if I mumble and gripe and hold my head down and tell the world how, how bad I am, it's hard for the sun to shine through the clouds, ain't it? It's early. John said two and a half hours. I may get one this, this Sunday. All right. Remember the rainbow? I'm talking about the one in the Bible. Did you know there's one in there? 
our kids to go to Sunday school and learn about the rainbow that Noah sent. That Noah sent. There's a rainbow in the Bible. Now science tells me and you that that rainbow is caused by the sun shining through the clouds. And when the light from the sun hits those clouds at different angles, the refraction of the light causes that light to be seen in different colors. And I, I'm not sure how it works. I'm assuming maybe the, the degree that the light is bent, maybe it affects the, the shade that we see, whether it's light or whether it's darker, I don't know. But I can tell you this, there's been times that he's had a lot easier time shining through my life than he has others. There's been times that he's had a whole lot easier time shining. When I was, when I was cold and away from him, it's hard for him to shine in my life. It's hard for that light to shine through. But when I was in the center of his will and doing everything I could to lift up his name, you could see that light shining through. The Bible says, let your light so shine. So are you letting the Lord be revealed in your life? Are you letting people know how good it is to be saved? Friend, I'm here to tell you today, if you don't know Jesus, you need to let him be revealed unto you. He needs to be your Savior. He needs to be as close a friend as your mama and your daddy. He needs to be as close to you. You need to love him as much as you love the dearest one to your heart this morning. I'm here to tell you today, when our soul bait can only go so far by sitting right back there, I believe she'd be with me until my dying breath. But when she can't go no farther... I've got a friend that's still closer than a brother that'll go with me all the way to glory one day after a while. We used to sing a song. When I get home, oh, praise the Lord, some sweet day after a while. The last verse of that song says this. Oh Lord, hear my prayer before I leave. May I live so my friends will follow me. The little home you gave to me down here below, I'd like to meet each one of them when life is through. The scripture says this. Blessed are they which are asleep in the Lord, for yea, though they rest from their labors, their works do follow them. I recall specifically Jed, and I didn't know Hack that well, but I've heard Dad talk about it many a times. This bitch would be empty without the light of Hack and Jed Wilson shining. I'm here to tell you today, it's important what we do every day with Jesus. Are you going to let him be revealed in your life? Because some sinner is watching you, sinner. Let me reveal him to you this morning for just a minute if you will I recall about the story of how he came to Bethlehem of Judea and was born and the wise men came and gave him gifts the shepherds came and worshipped him I recall about hearing it tell about him, him talking in the temple I recall about him preaching repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand he came to seek and to save that which is lost. And let me reveal this to you. Jesus came just for you. If you never know who Jesus is, hell will be your home. There is nothing that can keep you from going there but Jesus. Jesus Christ. In Him we live and move and have our very being. Friend, you need to know who Jesus is. Do you know Him? Yes. Do you know Him? It's, it's not enough to have heard the name. It's not enough to have heard the name. I believe in God, preacher. Even the devils believe in Trinity. You need to know Jesus. 
you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I have three boys. And I talk to them most of the time, at least once a week. Sometimes they call, sometimes they don't. But I know from the way they approach me and from the words that come from their mouth when they need something. I can tell when they're in trouble. I can tell when they just need my help. God can tell. You're his child. And he sent Jesus to give you that help. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We've preached to you this morning how that he was revealed when God made man. We preached to you how he was revealed in the burning, fiery furnace. We preached to you how he was revealed on the cross. Now let me preach to you how it's going to be revealed one more time. The scripture we read in here, and I believe it was verse 7, said this. That every eye shall see him, even them that pierced him in the side. Preacher, I don't have time for Jesus. One day you will. Preacher, I don't believe in Jesus. One day you will. Preacher, I don't have time for that old fuddy-duddy religious stuff. One day you'll wish you had. Because you're not just going to die and go to heaven. Are you hearing me today? You're not going to just die and go to heaven. You have to know Jesus. You have to ask Him to be your Savior. I remember getting down in the middle of the bedroom floor with my oldest one and praying, and Jesus saved me. I remember getting down on the pavement across from the men's den, Christian bowed in the floorboard of a Ford Windstar van, and Jesus saved him. Mason got saved over at a church in Danbridge. And I seen them little boys cry, tears roll down their face, and I could not give them what they needed. But thanks be to God for some old saints that revealed Jesus to them. He's being revealed to you today. To you, friend. What are you going to do with him? Are you going to ignore him? Are you going to deny him? Are you going to tell everybody to do away with him? Or are you going to claim him as your Savior? He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That at the name of Jesus, which therefore God has given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. That means your knee. You will bow. Whether you believe in him or whether you don't. That at the name of Jesus, you're going to see him. He's coming back. I'd like to see Jesus. You will. Saint, sinner, agnostic, atheist, You'll see Jesus. The Bible says only the pure in heart shall see God. But every knee shall bow when Jesus comes back in the clouds. And every tongue shall confess that He's King of kings and Lord of lords. It's not Hollywood. It's not a superstar. It's not the politicians. It's Jesus and that's who we need to let the world know about. Our nation has become consumed with what's going to happen in two weeks. 
Whether one's elected or the other's elected, without Jesus, we'll still be in ruin. Without Jesus, your life will be ruined. Because an eternity in hell is what faces you without Jesus. You must be, don't believe this because I'm saying it. Go to your Bible, open it up in John chapter 3, and read in the red letters what Jesus told Nicodemus. He was a church-going man. He never missed. He helped his church out as often as he could. But Jesus told the churchgoer, you must be born again. There is an inner man and an outer man, and that inward man you have to give to Jesus. You have to ask Jesus to save you, and you have to want it with everything within you, and when you want it more than anything, Jesus will be revealed to you. He'll do the saving, and you'll get up feeling much better than you did when you got down. See, friend, there's something you have to do if you really want to have him revealed to you. There's something you have to do. You don't have to give a long, lengthy speech. And here I am, the pastor of Dutch Bottoms Baptist Church. And the night that Jesus saved me, I didn't have a big, long, lengthy speech. I didn't shout. There was a few tears rolled down my face. And I got up and looked dad eye to eye. He said, do you feel better? I said, yes, I do. And I truly did. You don't have to do anything to look good to me or to anybody else here in this church to please mom and dad, to please your friends. But you have to ask Jesus to save you. There's no other way to get to heaven. Now John asked you twice this morning if you were glad you were saved and most folks in the church raised their hands. If you wouldn't want other them, you can be. You can be saved this morning. He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart and will save such as be of a contrite spirit. Friend, if you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. How do I hear his voice, preacher? Do I hear it in my ears? No, it's in your heart. And he tells you you need to be saved. He talks to you. Are you going to talk back? Are you going to answer him when he calls? There's not a guarantee he'll call you again. Did you know that? Old Testament scripture says, I've called and I've called and you refuse. He said, therefore, there'll be a day when you'll call and I will laugh at your calamity. Did you know God can be angered? Well, preacher, he loves us. Yes, he does. Now, mamas and daddies, you tell me there's not been a time that you've not been angry at your child. There's not been a time, have you? Been a time or two if I could have got a hold of them, ain't no telling what I'd have done. But I'm here to tell you, God gets angry. And whenever he calls and he offers you his only begotten son, he spends the time for somebody, some old saint of God in your life to let you know that Jesus came to this world and died for you. He spends the time to put it on some old preacher's heart to preach about you must be born again and you got to be saved. If you want to go to heaven, you have to ask Jesus to be your Savior. He does all of that. He makes a way for you to go to church so that you could hear the call. He makes a way and speaks to you personally, revealing himself unto you. And if you refuse, I'm here to tell you today, you better answer. If he calls you, there is no guarantee that he'll ever make that call again. Don't you want to be saved? Don't you want to call on his name? 
When he comes back on the clouds, and I preach to you, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every eye shall look upon him, even them that pierced him in the side. When he comes back on the clouds, there'll be two people. One that will rise with a shout, and one that will run to the rocks. Which one are you going to be? Are you going to be glad to see him on that day? Because those that he's been revealed to will rise to meet him in the air. And those that he's, that they refused when he called, those that they refused when he asked, when he made a way where they could escape hell, they'll run. Which one are you going to be? The only way you can rise is if Jesus has been revealed to you, if you know him. He used to sing a song. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my friend? Have you heard he loves you and that he will be with you till the end? Do you know him? Has he been revealed to you? Do you personally know Jesus? Marquita's going to play us a, a verse of song. I want everybody to stand up. You've been sitting for a while anyway. Preacher, we got COVID. And I don't want to take a risk of making anybody sick. There's a great big altar here. And if you want to know Jesus, you can come right down and kneel anywhere you want to. I'll be glad to kneel and pray and ask the Lord to save you. And I believe there'll be some of the saints come and kneel and pray as well. I personally believe that if you want Jesus, you can get him. If you want to know him, well, preacher, I'm afraid. What's the Bible say God is? God is love. You know what the Bible also says about love? Perfect love casteth out all fear. There's no reason for you to be afraid whatsoever. All you've got to do is trust Him. Ask Him. Ask and you shall receive. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus will save to the uttermost if you'll call on Him. Why don't you come while Marquita's playing this morning? Why don't you call on Jesus and ask Him to be your Savior? I would, preacher, if somebody would go with me, turn right down to that one you're standing beside of and say, would you go with me to pray? And I believe they will. Oh, would you come and call on Jesus? He wants to be your friend. The best thing I ever did Gary was asked Jesus to save me. I would that you would call on him. It brings peace. It casts away trouble. It makes you feel good on the inside. Just a few months ago, I saw this little girl troubled. Cried. Clung to mom. But she nailed right here and asked Jesus to save her, and he did. And she had a whole, her countenance changed, a whole different attitude. Come right on down here, son. You bow and talk to Jesus. Friend, you can be saved too if you call on the Lord. If you'll ask him to come into your heart. It's very simple to be saved. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to have money. Whenever I was saved, whenever I was saved, I had on my pajama pants. I didn't have a dime in my pocket. Whenever I was saved, as a matter of fact, that fall that I went into school, they put me in the remedial reading class, Bobby. I wouldn't have been considered the smartest and the brightest in the group of kids that I was in. 
But Jesus didn't care. He saved me anyway. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus can save if you ask him to. Why don't you ask? Why don't you call on him? It's not happenstance that you're here today. It's not luck. It's not just, this didn't happen. You're here because Jesus made a way for you to hear the gospel. You're here because Jesus made a way for him to be revealed unto you. You're here because Jesus wants to save you. Why don't you call on him right now? Why don't you come to him? I'm here to tell you, if you walk out that door lost and undone without Him, you're missing out on the best opportunity you'll ever be given. You're missing out on a Savior that will love you and put the hedge about you like Roger taught this morning. You're missing out on a best friend. You're walking out and refusing the mercy of a living God. How about it, friend? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to call on Him? Do you want to know Him as your Savior? While Marquita continues to pray, to play, you come right over here and bow. Do you want to be saved in the pew? Jenna got saved right over here not too long ago. Elise got saved on her mamaw's lap sitting right here. You don't have to be on the altar, but you got to have a broken heart. If you have a broken heart, yes, Jesus to save you, He'll do the saving. Why don't you call on Him today? Don't wait another minute. He can save you if you ask Him.